All right. I want to welcome into the program Alyssa Freeman, our PR and pop culture media expert. Welcome to the show. Good to have you on. Oh, thank you, Kelly. Always good to speak with you. So earlier on in the program, I was talking about how um, advertising is starting to shift. According to BuzzFeed, one major global brand, they are trying to distance themselves from coronavirus. A source didn't tell who that brand is, but apparently this earlier this month, they drastically reduced the number of digital ads that they placed on websites of major newspapers like the New York Times and CNN and the Washington Post. In total, more than 2 million ads were blocked from appearing on these sites in the first three weeks of the month. And the company, uh, we don't have the name of it, but it simply, typically spends roughly $3 million a month advertising its products on news and technology sites. Do you think this is going to become a trend? Well, I think all brands are reevaluating what they need to do now, and especially those that were heavy spenders. And it's interesting to hear about this global brand that feels that their messaging is out of step with what is going on now. So naturally, Kelly, it's got my wheels turning as to who this could be. I think that, you know, it depends what industry and what space you're in. So if you're in the technology space, I think there's ways to rethink and to retool. So, for example, if we look at a brand like Nike, now that the, re- the restrictions have relaxed in China, they have seen their e-commerce absolutely soar. So what does that say to Nike? First of all, they're having apparently a great month right now um, in terms of global sales, I guess mainly concentrated in China. So it says, gee, do we really need bricks and mortar or can we do this all by e-commerce? I would say that, yes, their e-commerce has now become a very uh, strong platform for them. But I think that after all of us have been in our homes, quarantined, not socializing, not having having any other human contact, that maybe, maybe bricks and mortar will have a resurgence just because people want to be with other people. Right. I, I would assume, but out of leeriness, that'll be uh, slow to um, It'll It'll grow. be slow to, to start, yeah. but you never know. You never know. David Cohen, who's a uh, he's an advertising um, expert, he said that the idea of blocking ads on coronavirus content threatens public safety. Solid fact based reporting educates, informs and saves lives. And every dollar you spend on credible news sites helps save lives. What do you think he means by that? He means don't don't stop supporting media outlets. Um, you know, the media industry has taken a huge hit since the advent of the Internet. And that sounds funny for me to say advent of the Internet. But uh, dollars have it's been, been around forever. Well, you know, well, don't remind me. I just yeah. had a birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, here, you, you know, let's take, for example, I would get a Globe and Mail that would land on my doorstep. And my ritual was to open up the door every morning, rain, snow or shine you know, get that Globe and Mail and read it. And then the Globe and Mail became thinner and thinner and thinner. So when you block ads, it means you're blocking spending. It means you're blocking supporting the work that mainstream media, credible, ethical, mainstream media can do in terms of the reporting and digging into the stories, not just a story at face value. You need to pay reporters. You need to pay to have all those systems in place. So when you block your advertising, what that means is you're actually blocking the flow of information and the efficacy of being able to do that. Last week, McDonald's shared this minimalist ad, and I thought it was really clever. It actually fe- it, it features the famous Golden Arches, and they are separated. 
and people were not loving it. They asked McDonald's to apologize and McDonald's did. Uh, I don't get the outrage because it was a message on social distancing. Here's the thing. I think that, and I've been watching a lot of influencers with really, really large platforms on social media, specifically Instagram. And anything that you're doing, if you're going to attach yourself to a brand or you are selling your own uh, product via social media, there has to be some intent and purposefulness to it. And one of the top influencers that I follow, her name is Danielle Bernstein. Um, she's at We Wore What, and I think she's got, I don't know, 9 million plus followers. She said, anything I'm doing now, even if I am selling my own stuff, it is incumbent upon me to take a percentage of my proceeds and make sure that I am doing something with that money to fund kids' programs or kids' meals or, or to help our, our hospitals. So if you are just trying to be clever in a time where people are, there's a lot of anxiety, people don't see the funny. Like I looked mm -hmm. at it and I thought, well, that's clever. But clever and funny is not playing right now. But I didn't so, see it as funny. I saw it as, as trying to get the message of social distancing out there in a visual sort of way. With a with a with an icon that we are all familiar with, it's like putting I, the David, you know, uh, separating the David from I don't know uh, what's another famous statue out there. Uh, that maybe that's the worst analogy to pick up, but well, um, let's just say it's I don't know McDonald's then. But uh, you know, I get that. But I think that people are not looking at these ads with a lens of cleverness, and they're not seeing the funny. They're just seeing that, okay, you're capitalizing on this, so I'll go and get right. takeout. They're, it's, it's a mind shift, Kelly, and it's happened almost overnight. So, What's if the difference? Let me ask you this, if I could just interrupt. What's the difference between the McDonald's ad and the Pelman ad, the makers of pierogi? They put out this commercial that's getting is being shared on social media. I don't know if you've seen it. This kid looking for something to eat in his kitchen, and every cupboard he opens in the kitchen is full of nothing but toilet paper. Um, and finally, he sees the freezer stocked with pierogies, and he's like, yay, and he makes pierogies. That's clearly making fun of panic buying, and I, I don't see how that's different than you know, the golden arches, but nobody seems to be freaking out about it. You know, it's interesting. I think it has to do with the nature of the brand. I think it has to do with how big and powerful the brand is. Yes, I did see that commercial. And I, I have to admit, you know, when Chris sent it to me, I giggled, you know, and every in the fridge and the cupboards and the freezer, everything is filled with toilet paper. Uh, oh, except the freezer, because that's where the pierogies were. And I did find that somewhat amusing because it makes um, fun of human behavior. And maybe because it's a lesser known brand, Kelly, maybe we don't right. because we don't have preconceived uh, expectations around that brand that we can see the funny in that. It's a really, really fine line. So, so is this a shift right now? Is this a shift right now between us supporting it's us supporting the little guy and the big guy now supporting us as as you know humanity? That is an excellent point because we expect more from brands that we know are well funded and that we have been giving money to for decades. So, you know, for example, my husband has a, a, a smaller um, furniture dealership and they are so busy right now because people still want to work with a small homegrown Canadian furniture dealership. And they would rather support the little guy around them than support the monolith. So we have a different set of beliefs. We have a different set of standards that we put towards the bigger brands than we do sort of the smaller guys. 
All right, let's talk about the small guys, Pusateri's small oh. store. It's a Toronto grocery store. It's high end. I mean, I walked into a Pusateri's once. It's the one at Avenue Road and, uh, and just north of yep. Bloor, Bloor. Yeah. And oh, so I walked into it and I, I swear to God, I think like it, I couldn't really hear it because I think it was like at a dog whistle pitch, but I kind of knew there was an alarm going off and people were looking at me like, you can't afford to shop here, sister. There's the exit. And, you know, that maybe that's me just getting all, uh, you know, neurotic, but they sell very expensive things in Pusateri's. Now, they were caught selling um Lysol wipes for 29.99 for a container. I think they're about 4.95 normally or something like that. Um maybe they go up to like 8.95 but not more than $10. So uh, can they they face not only backlash from the public and social media but the premier absolutely was disgusted in them. He called them out for price gouging. The owner of Pusateri's because it's a family-owned chain. Uh, said this was a mistake we're very sorry we apologize won't happen again can they recover from this like will our memories be short enough or are they in real trouble you know when i saw that um it was pointed out to me early i think the other day and then i popped it off to chris and i thought you know if, if they said they apologize they did the right thing first of all they did the right thing however their uh reputation skyrocketed to absolutely, you know, DEFCON 5. It's one thing for people to start sharing this on social media and being really angry. It's another thing when BlogPO um, puts it on their website, which is a very popular website. And then it's the worst thing that when everybody's tuning in at 1 p.m., that the Premier Doug Ford is absolutely lambasting them. It, honestly, Kelly, it can't get any worse. Now, here's the thing. They did the right thing. You know, PR 101, they put they put this that it was disgusting, that they'll never do it again. They are very, very sorry. But you know what? When you saw that display, there was a typed out, obviously from a computer, and it had a whole description of what Lysol wipes did. So they knew what they were doing. Somebody yeah. actually went and wrote and wrote a piece of copy uh, on their uh, from their computer and posted the price at 30 bucks. And they're not the only ones. Somebody sent me a picture from a Shaver's Drug Mart, I think, at uh, Bayview and 16th. I don't want to say where it should be. I think it was somewhere in Richmond. Yeah, well, okay. That was selling, uh, what do you call it, um, paper towels, a roll, one roll, a big roll, for 14 bucks. Ridiculous. Let's it talk is. about, let's let's get away from price gouging for a sec, because I don't have much time. And I want to talk about a good news story and a really company who is trying to do something good uh, amongst uh, this pandemic and for Canadians. Um, CAA, you sent me a press release that they sent out to you, and they are upping their service in this time of COVID, they said. I saw they that. Are yeah, they're supporting their healthcare workers and first responders. They're offering them free roadside assistance during the Ontario crisis. And they're also asking their drivers, you know, if they have time to get in and help out with the delivery of vital foods and supplies with um, groups like Meals on Wheels. My question to you is, are companies, you know, basically advertising through good deeds now? Is this a kind of added service that is going to determine what companies are successful on the other side of this pandemic? Is this going to be all about making sure that we remember who helped. Absolutely. And I got that note from CAA and I read it and I thought, what does CAA have to say to me about, the, about this, that their timeline is longer if I have my car breaks down? And then I read through it and I thought, 
you know what, here's CAA, they sat in their boardroom and they said, what can we do? Okay, we're obviously not that busy. Our guys are on the road. What can we do with our force? And because they are deploying it, like I said before, with intent and purpose, I am for sure, for sure going to remember that. And that's what we call the halo effect. So I believe that consumers will remember those do-good brands that stepped up didn't ask for anything in return, which is very important, and said, we're going to help out in this effort. And I absolutely believe that that will come back to them tenfold. I uh, I want to end our conversation, Alyssa, with asking you about what you're binging, because I'm going to open up the phone lines at 416-870-6400. And uh, I've been noticing a lot of activity on social media. People, please, for... Um, things to binge on Netflix, on Crave, on whatever platform you have, Disney Plus. What are you binging? What's your recommendation right now? Okay, I'm binging right now on Amazon Prime this series called Younger with Sutton Foster and um, Hilary Duff, a.k.a. Lizzie McGuire. It's six seasons, so it'll take you through. And it's about a woman in her 40s who tries to reenter the, the workforce, can't, and basically goes along with this whole charade and dresses like she's a 26-year-old. So I have to tell you, it is extremely entertaining. But I've also heard it that. It sounds great. Yeah, it is. It's really good. You'll love it. The episodes are 20 minutes each. And I didn't realize it, but I was watching it until 2 in the morning yesterday because I was so entertained. You and everyone else, it's, it's uh, <laughs> our new reality. It's binging and consuming a lot of news. I really appreciate your time, Alyssa. Have yourself a great weekend. I will. And I'm glad you weren't asking what food I was binging on, Kelly. I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative of that. <laughs> I'm a chip girl, so. <laughs> Me too.